Praise the Lord for friends. Praise the Lord for life. Praise the Lord for his goodness. I want to thank you for being with us on today. I feel so blessed to have been able to serve you as your pastor for these 53 years. It has been my honor. Yes. It has been my honor to walk with you and watch you grow over these years. Lady May and I have been so touched by your messages and expressions of love over the past few weeks. And there are no words that can describe how much we love and appreciate you all. After all, this time, I'm humbled to think that God brought us together for such a time as this to do a great work for his kingdom. And guess what, West Angeles? God is not through with us yet. We're going to keep on rising higher and higher in the name of Jesus. But let's go to the word of the Lord. In Judges chapter 6, verse 11, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then is all this happening to us? And where are all of his miracles? which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? And now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. You shall save Israel and the hand of the Midianite. Have I not sent you? And so he said to him, oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. In the text, we encounter Israel at one of her low points for seven years. Israel has been oppressed by the Midianites, the Amalekites, and other people of the East. The people of Israel are destitute and homeless, living in and hiding in dens and caves. Whatever they're able to produce, their enemies come and take it away from them. Nothing is secure, neither their lives their livestock, not their possessions. I imagine that during this period, many of their women have been raped. Their young men have been kidnapped and enslaved during these stressful days. Many lives have been lost. Well, just as Israel was at a low point, we today in the cities of the world seem to be at a low point. 
in addition to the natural disasters that have shaken many of our cities, we faced a host of man-made catastrophes. In this day of abundance, advanced technology and science, many men and women, boys and girls, have no place to stay except on the streets and sidewalks of our nation. Crime and violence and death stalk us almost constantly. And even as Israel retreated to caves and dens, some today are imprisoned in their homes for fear of the enemy on every side. Our nation confronts a variety of challenges which threaten the possibility of peace and unity. We are facing a variety of private and individual tragedies. I'm sure that many of you today would consider yourselves to be at a low point, a low point in your marriage, a low point professionally, a low point in terms of your welfare and the well-being of your children, at a low point romantically, a low point spiritually, a low point in terms of your health, a low point emotionally. Gideon had reached a low point, and rather than threshing wheat in the threshing floor in the normal manner, he was driven to the extreme of threshing wheat out of sight in the wine press for fear that the enemy might confiscate what he possessed. When they reached their low point, God sent a prophet, Judges 6.10, to explain to them that their disobedience had caused them to reach such a low point, that they had not obeyed God. Jesus, the Lord said, you have not obeyed my voice. And Gideon may never have been called if it had not been for this unnamed prophet. I believe that the ministry of this prophet caused the people to repent. His name is not even recorded in scripture, but he is one of the heroes of faith. God used him, and in a similar fashion, God wants to use all of us. Have you ever had an opportunity, or when you have an opportunity, remind people in a wise and loving manner that they have the privilege of receiving forgiveness and fellowship with God through Jesus Christ. Who knows whether God will use you to turn a group or even an individual toward himself and toward real life in Jesus Christ. And let me also observe that I, if we obey, if we do God's will, if we frequently repent and humbly come back to God, then we can rise above some low points and be brought out of other low points. God let these low points come and he lets us hit rock bottom so that we would repent and call on him. God had not forsaken them. He was just trying to get them back. And God has not forsaken you. He's just trying to draw you back to himself. Jeremiah 33.3, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. He causes you to call on him before he works because he wants you to know 
that he is the one who has done the work. In Isaiah 42 and verse 8, the Bible says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to graven images. If God keeps challenging us or delivering us when we are not trusting in him or calling on him, then we may not know that it was him who worked the miracle for us. And so just keep on calling on God. Keep on giving God glory. And God will do great works in your life. Now, when they repented, God began to deal with Gideon. You see, God chooses a person. God blesses that person and then uses that person to bless others. Don't you want to be a person whom God uses and chooses and blesses and uses to bless your family and to bless your mate and to bless your coworkers? There's no reason for God to bless you or to enable you to retain your blessing if he cannot use you. The more God uses you, the more God will bless you. And the more God blesses you, the more he expects to use you. It's not as much your ability as it is your availability. Luke 12 and 48 says, For everyone to whom much is given, of him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. Well, why did God choose Gideon? Where were there were thousands of men and women whom God could have chosen. Gideon described himself as an unlikely candidate. And he said in Judges 6 and 15, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. God usually chooses unlikely candidates. David was an unlikely candidate. Samuel wanted to choose one of David's brothers. In 1 Samuel 16 and 7, the Bible says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at appearance or the height of his stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God chose Gideon because of his heart. His heart was right. And you can't have a lot of stuff in your heart and then be chosen and be used like God wants to use you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26, the Bible says, For you see your calling, brethren, how not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. So God brings glory 
to himself. And he will not deal with proud folk. God loves ordinary people, poor people, people who are down. He uses people who have difficulties and stress just as much as he will use those who are great and mighty. When you begin to think that you are really somebody, God may pull the rug from under your feet. If God wants, if you want to be continually blessed and used by God, then give God glory and be humble before him. Gideon was humble and said that he was the least. He, God chose Gideon because Gideon was working. Gideon had not given up. He did the best that he could under the circumstances. He did not lose his spirit or his initiative. He was not lazy. He did not say the Midianites are just going to come and take everything away. They're not going to let me have anything, so I'm not going to try. But God found Gideon doing the best that he could. Do the best you can, and God will bless you, and you will do better. God chose Gideon because Gideon had a proper aspiration. Gideon had a yearning for the highest and for the best. He said in Judges 6 and 13, where are all his miracles which the fathers told us about? Saying, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? Gideon was not satisfied. He wanted to see a miracle. He wanted to see God take them higher. He was not satisfied with being on the bottom. He wanted to experience God's highest, and he wanted to experience God's best. He wanted more than the crowd wanted. He wanted to explore the limits of God's might and God's power. And listen, if you're casual, you're going to miss out because casual folk cannot receive God's best. Matthew 5 and 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. God is looking for somebody who's hungry. Are there any hungry folk in the house? God is looking for people who are reaching for the more of God. Now let us notice what God called Gideon and what God said about Gideon. In Judges 6 and 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And then in verse 14, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, for you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? And then in Judges 6, 16, the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you will defeat the Midianites as one man. He was called a mighty man of valor. God spoke of his might, and God said that he was going to defeat the enemy. God spoke to him while he was in the threshing floor, while he was hiding. He said, God is with you, verse 12. And in verse 14, have I not sent you? And then in verse 16, God said, I will be with you. Hallelujah. 
God often does things just by speaking the word. He frequently says something before he does it. And then he brings the, that thing into existence just by calling for it. God said, let there be, and there was. When you need to know, and when God says it, it's going to happen. It's going to come to pass. And to Abraham, he said in Romans 4, 17, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, dead, and called those things which are not, do not exist as though they did. And then in Romans 4, 21, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Hallelujah. They defined themselves by what God said. To define is to determine the limits of a thing. When you define yourself, you are determining your limits. The eagle hatched among chickens, and being around only chickens, he thought he was a chicken until an eagle came by and let him know, you're not a chicken, you're an eagle. A little swan was born among ducks until a, a swan came along and said, you've got to redefine yourself. You're a swan, and soon you're going to be beautiful just like me. When to them gave he power to become. To them gave he power to become. Only God can define you because God made you and God owns you and God gives you power to become. God had a plan for the universe and God has a plan for your life. And he said to Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor. And the word valor means personal bravery, our strength of mind, our spirit. And God said to Gideon, I'm going to make you what I've called you. And I say to you, people of the Lord, today God will make you what he calls you. You may not think it. Folk may not believe it. You may not be there right now, but I'm saying before he does it, God will bring it to happen. God will bring it to pass. So when I do it, you will know that it was me who did it. All you have to do is believe. Wait on it. Walk toward it, and it's going to happen. When God assigns you a role, God enables you to play that role. And he'll say, I am with you. Have I not sent you? Surely I am with you to make sure you have everything you need for the trip. God will not send you out empty-handed. If God sends you, God will guarantee your success. And that's what God said to Moses. Moses, tell them I am sent you. And in Exodus chapter 3, 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me. Lord, if your name is I am, what is the rest of your name? I am what? And God would say, I am whatever you need. If you need to be blessed or you need bread, I am bread. God says he will give you everything you need to become everything he says you should become. Let's praise God for that.
You've got to believe it. You've got to reach for it. You've got to decide everything God says I can have, I want it. Everything God says I can be, I want to be that. I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I want the power of God. I want the anointing of God in my life. I want to feel the presence of the Lord. John 1.12 says, as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Neighbor, God gives you power. God gives you might. And if God is with you, God will bring it to pass. And God always makes the role bigger than we are. Something that we can't handle. Something that is impossible. Something that's too late. Something that's not enough. He brings us before Goliaths that are too big for us to defeat by ourselves. And he puts us in fire furnaces so nobody can take away his glory. But if God says it, God will bring it to pass. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. Would somebody help me praise the Lord? Hallelujah. So whose report? Whose report do you believe? Somebody ought to say, we shall believe the report of the Lord. Well, his report says, I am healed. His report says, I am filled. His report says, I am free. His report says, victory. Listen, I am what God's word says I am. Will you tell somebody I am what God's word says I am? I have what God's word says I have. And I can do what God's word says I can do. And his word says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And God's word says in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. So child of God, don't worry about your waiting period. Hallelujah. God is never late. And Isaiah said 40 and 28, have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings as eagles. They will run and not weary, be weary. They will walk and not faint. Child of God, before God got through with Gideon, Gideon had done everything God said he would do. Listen, if God calls you, God will bless you, and he will use you to bless others. Will you be a person that God can bless? Will you be a person that God can use? Jesus said, if you follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. I'll make you a life changer. You can turn people away from destruction and away from trouble. They can walk in power. They can walk in the might of Almighty God.
If God be for us, who can be against us? Come on, clap your hands and give praise to God. Give praise to God. Give praise to God. Give praise to God. Stand up and give him praise. Hallelujah. 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 Let's pray. Dear Lord, how we thank you for your word. How we thank you for your presence. How we thank you for your power. You're so good. You're so merciful. And dear Lord, you by your power have done the work in our lives and will continue to do the work in our lives. Bless us to be a blessing in the midst of all of these low points, these difficult circumstances. We put our trust in you. And if you are for us, you are more than all the world against us. So we go forth in your power. Everybody in this audience that hears my voice, I pray that you will transform their lives so that they will be transformers of the lives of others in the name of Jesus. Thank God. Amen. Amen. And amen. Let's praise the Lord.